Trap World. It's your Passwords Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, an episode born whole cloth from a listener of the program. Listener Brandon straight up produced this entire episode. Uh, The first and probably last ever producer for a day program. Brandon pitched this idea to me. We hashed it out over email lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Brandon, full producer credit here. The first person to produce a episode of Lockdown Blazers in the last four plus years. That isn't my wife or me. First person does live in my household to basically make up an entire episode. Brandon, full credit. Awesome work. Here's what we're doing in today's show. Uh, the lessons from the Damian Lillard era, looking at the the sort of, uh, I've broken it down into sort of three distinct eras of Damian Lillard's career starting in 2012 and ending in question mark, question mark, question mark, 2023. Um, it's, I think there are lessons to be learned in sort of the art and function of team building and 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 lessons that perhaps can be applied to this new generation of, of, of talented youngsters if scoot anderson is going to be you know something like 85 percent of the player dame is it's probably like a low level hall of fame career if you're 85 percent of damien lord's uh, production uh like it, the lessons garnered from 11 years of damien lillard 11 plus question mark question mark question mark um will help sort of build a better era into the future. So with with the help of um, a literal Google Doc that Brandon sent me, I'm telling you, producer for a day, truly magical stuff, credit, full credit to listener Brandon, uh, Westview High, proud Westview High School alum, go Wildcats. Um, former editor of The View, uh, shout out to all my high school newspaper editors out there. Um, and anyone listening who may have worked with me on the East Chapel Hill Observer, you know who you are. Um, in any case, I think the errors help us kind of figure out what went wrong, what went right, why it went that way. So let's start with what I'll call the first era of Damon Lillard basketball, the team that made sense. And it made sense in part because Dame was really good right away. Like unanimous rookie of the year. He's the best point guard in his draft class pretty clearly. And then he was the best point guard in his draft class without a doubt from day one, you know, a double double against that. This is going to be fun. Lakers. The moment he stepped on the court, unanimous rookie of the year, he was just great. He was great. Um, you know, they ended the season losing 13 straight games and kind of, but they hung around in the playoff race longer than they should and allowed them to accelerate what was next. And the team that made sense, this is, this is why it made sense. Because they added Robin Lopez in the summer of 2013. Now all of a sudden they had a center to to um, revamp the defense and not have it be JJ Hickson. Uh, it allowed Lamarcus Aldridge to play his position, and now you had a, a the perfect Damian Lillard lineup: a bulldog shooting guard in Wesley Matthews, a Swiss Army knife, long, rangy, small forward who could handle some playmaking responsibilities, could shoot a little bit, and was just a solid role player who could, if you needed to guard different types of wings, you had the powerful Wesley Matthews at two. You had the length of Nick Batum at three. It really made sense. And then behind Dame, a big old front line. What you needed with a Damian Lord team was a big old front line. And 6'10", 6'11", LaMarcus Aldridge, seven foot tall Robin Lopez. It made sense. Um, and they won their first playoff series in 14 years when Damian Lord hit a hit a butter, buzzer beater with 0.9 seconds remaining, beating the buzzer and beating the Houston Rockets. The era was upon us. This team made sense. And the following season in 2014-15 was the best 
team Damian Lillard ever played on. His third year in the league, he will he would never play on a better Blazers team. It's kind of sad in retrospect, but if you don't believe that nostalgia is is always like, oh, what could have been? I find it somewhat joyous to remember this team. They were so stinking good. They ended up winning 51 games, but when Wesley Matthews went down with an Achilles tear in March, they were tied for the second best record. In Actually, they beat the Mavs that night and um, the best second best record in the West. Number two team, number two seed in the West. They were... They were so stinking good. This was the beginning of the Warriors dynasty, right? They were about to win 60. They were on pace. They won 67 games and were about to um, start ripping off championships beginning this summer, but like, um, or spring, I guess, is when the when the championship is held. But the Blazers were really stinking good. They ended up losing in the playoffs to a 55-win Grizzlies team despite having home court advantage. Um or they, the Blazers were the four seed, but the Grizzlies had a better record five seed. It's like a weird, it was, they fixed the playoff seeding after this. But um, the the it ended just like that. The team that made sense with a, a starting lineup that made perfect sense around him and Chris Kamen and Steve Blake, uh, briefly Mo Williams, uh, and, and a young C.J. McCollum and, and uh, Myers Leonard, who kind of had one of his best playoff series um, ever in his career against the Grizzlies when when folks got hurt, but specifically Chris Kamen got stepped on someone's foot during practice and got hurt um, during the playoffs. It was a real nightmare of the end of the series. But this group that made sense, it ended quickly because LaMarcus Aldridge left. And the lesson here from the first era of Damian Lillard basketball is that the window is always smaller than you think. Your chance to be competitive with a really good team in the NBA is probably two years. You know, always things get extended, and the dynasties, like, you know, a team like Golden State that's going to stick together forever, in part was propped up by an undermarket contract for Steph Curry and a blip in the uh, 2016 cap spike that they allowed them to get Kevin Durant. Like, it took some special factors certainly. And great teams sort of have a way of overcoming trends. But I would say, generally speaking, the lesson learned from this first era of Blazer, of Damian Lillard and the Blazers is that your window to, com- to be really competitive, your window to be really good, is always smaller than you think. I would say, uh, treat it like the reverse stretch provision. If you think your era is uh, five years, split it in half and take one off. So it's actually two. If you think you have a three-year window, you probably have a one-year window. It is small. It is not, opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. And I think when you are good, you got to go for it. And I will say one one thing that was not common in the remainder of, of sort of the Blazers' uh, Dame era was this year was the year they really went for it. This was a legitimately good team. And at the trade deadline, they traded two young prospects really one young prospect and a first round pick will barton who was who was a solid second round guy and 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 t rob thomas robinson um in exchange for aaron aflalo a proven veteran who'd been really good in the league and aflalo basically just was not good from the moment he showed up in portland and his in his nba career ended shortly thereafter um just never fit never worked sometimes it ends that way and he just aflalo was never a positive nba player again after arriving in portland but they went for it the trade at the time, that Aflalo trade at the time, was lauded across the league. I remember, I covered the team then on a daily basis. Greg Popovich, um, I still do now, but I was like on the road and stuff. Um, Greg Popovich, I remember him in a press conference saying like the Blazers had one of the best trades of the trade deadline. They, it, was, it was lauded across the league, the Aflalo thing. It didn't work out. 
but they went for it. They tried to maximize their window because opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. When you get good, you have to, you have to basically, I don't know if you have to cash in every chip, but you do not, you do not ever overestimate how long you're going to have this chance. LaMarcus Aldridge walks in free agency in 2015. Uh, Blazers front office decide to tear everything else down, trading Nicholas Batum, letting Wesley Matthews coming off the Achilles injury walk and restarting the era around Damon CJ. Era number two is the era of hope, the solo era. And that's what we'll talk about in the second segment, the lessons from the second era of Blaze of Damian Lillard's three clean errors on the Blazers, perfectly set up for a podcast that's in three segments. That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. Before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel right now. What an opportunity to take your first swing at betting on MLB at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You just bet 20 bucks, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line, over-unders, yurfies, nerfies, who's going to hit the first home run, how many strikeouts the starting pitcher is going to have, whatever you want, you're going to find it on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. No better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right. The Damian Lillard, the first era, the team that made sense was a lesson to that your opportunity is not going to stick around. Not a lengthy visitor, to quote Daryl Morey, who's I'm sure quoting someone else. Uh... The second era is the solo era, as termed by producer for a day, Brandon. And by me, it's a new hope because I'm nerdier than Brandon is, I think. The new hope happened quickly, right? It's they weren't supposed to be good. I think the funniest part of the 2015-16 Trailblazers is that they were trying to stink. They wanted to tank. And they couldn't do it. They ripped off 44 wins. It was a weird down year in the league in which that got them the four seed. You'll remember that the previous season they won 55 games and would have finished 51 games, excuse me, and would have finished fifth in the West, had the fifth best record in the West. They won 44 games the following year and ended up with the fourth best record in the West. Weird year, weird down year in, in the Western Conference. Things sometimes break your way. They won a playoff series. They got into the second round and got smoked by the Spurs. Um, but they were, they were legitimately, um, they were legitimately good, but they were ahead of schedule and the front office, unfortunately chose to mistake as they would do as Neil Olshay would do a bunch throughout his career mistake mistake good fortune like they, they had good luck they a lot of things went right for him that year for proof of concept so he quadrupled quintupled down on that era gave everybody the gave everybody the bag moharkless you get the bag actually moharkless contract was totally fine he was the only one that got a reasonable deal uh myers leonard got the bag who else was giving myers leonard 40 million dollars nobody congrats to myers take it to the bank don't you do not have to give it back alan crab whether you believe that it was paul allen wanting to match and not letting go or neil olshay saying i that this guy's pretty good they gave alan crab 75 million dollars that's wild it's a wild thing to do in the summer of 2016 congrats to alan crab uh you also don't have to give that money back, but you, there's no way Alan Crabb is going to live up to that contract. It was impossible. And then they signed uh, Evan Turner in free agency for 70 million bucks. 
They mistaked proof of concept, or excuse me, they mistaked good fortune for proof of concept. Okay, quadruple down on everyone that's already on the roster. Give them a kajillion, bajillion dollars. <laughs> as much money as you could possibly hand out. Extend CJ McCollum. Uh, the, the, like, make it happen. They they agreed to a contract extension. It didn't kick in until later, but that was, that was after his third year. So, so every, everyone you could pay, everyone you could possibly pay, make sure you pay him. And they weren't very good. They weren't very good in, in 2016. And they had to be bailed out by trading for Yusuf Nurkic. And it, and it worked out really well because when Nurk got here, he pushed him into the playoffs and they weren't very good. And he got hurt right at the end of the year and missed the playoff series. But, um, and, and it kind of, you know, they, they kept Denver out of the playoffs and he famously said, I hope Denver has a happy summer. I hope they have a happy summer, but they, you know, they lose to the 2017 Warriors who were, um, on their revenge tour after losing to the, after losing to LeBron's Lakers and they had, um, or LeBron's Cavaliers. And they had also added, um, a, a a pretty good player to the mix in, in during that same summer. Um, this was this was where it really went wrong in the Dame era. Was the summer of 2016, the summer of 2017? They bungled the 2017 draft. I think a little is too much is made of the Blazers bungling the 2017 draft. Go look at the top ten picks in the 2017 draft. They bungled it too. <laughs> I think when you get deep enough. Um, it is, it's like, oh, you should have, you should have had Donovan Mitchell. It's like, he went 13th. You should have had Bam. He went 14th. Like, it's like, oh yeah, John Collins, OG Ananobi, OG Ananobi, deep, deeper in the, deeper in the teens, right? It's like, absolutely. They should have drafted those dudes. But like, Josh Jackson went fourth or whatever, fifth. Um, The Blazers absolutely bungled the 2017 draft and it cost them maybe the whole Damian Lillard era because of the summer of 2016 summer of 2017 the back-to-back summers it probably cost them like a chance to be really good with dame but i think i think they should have nailed it um analysis of the 2017 draft is like yeah everyone should nail every draft <laughs> like yeah well, they absolutely should um i think both the blazers got it wrong and it's hard to draft are both true at the same time here's the thing though following that 2017-18 season they were really freaking good. They won another 51 games. They finished third in the West and they got bounced out the playoffs. They got bounced out the playoffs. That's when they should have blown it up. But Dame didn't want him to blow it up. He didn't want him to blow it up. Didn't want him to trade CJ. Didn't want to fire Neil. Didn't want him to fire Terry. He 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 met with the ownership and met with the the um met with front office and kind of said, give us another chance. We're good enough to 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 overcome this. And so they kept doing it again. And they ran it back one more time in 2018, 19, and 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 they had really nice little little moves around the margins that year, right? Like um, this was Zach Collins' best year, the 2017 draft pick, um, and the uh, the guy that's like a totally competent NBA player, but is certainly not a star and not the guy who's going to bridge the gap to the next era, which is what they absolutely needed. Um, he had his best year. Uh, Rodney Hood ended up being a really solid addition. Seth Curry, who was on a prove-it deal coming off an injury for for a one a one-year deal, he he was really good. They got Ennis Cantor in the buyout market because they were good. Good teams can can be in the buyout market. They were good. They got Ennis Cantor in the buyout market, and they went on a run. And when Yusuf Nurkic got hurt that spring, it didn't matter because they just got hot. And the bracket broke right for them. You know, they tried to lose Game 82, but 
Anthony Simons wouldn't let them and scores 37 playing every single minute. And the Kings also pulled all their starters in the second half. And the Blazers came back from down 25. And so instead of... Um, they went to OKC. They, they played OKC in the first round, who they were trying to avoid because they were worried about their length. Um, I'll, here's a quick one for you. The Blazers uh, video department had not put finalized their OKC package after game 82, and they were heading into the playoffs two days later, and they had to fi- they, were, they were so convinced they were going to lose, they hadn't finalized their playoff scouting package for the team they were about to play. But they beat them. Dame went nuts in the first round. CJ goes nuts in the second round. They make the Western Conference Finals. It's truly the height of the Damian Lillard era. It's what producer for a day, Brandon, called storybook stuff. It's storybook stuff. It really was. They screwed up 2016 summer. They screwed up the 2017 draft. They flopped super hard in in the 2018 playoffs, but they kept doing it, and they reached the highest heights. And here's the the weird thing about the 2019. It is the most rewarding, most fun, best best season of Damian Lillard's career. And if you really want to talk about holistic team building, it shouldn't have happened. They should have torn it down. It shouldn't have happened like that. Maybe they should have had multiple other chances to make the Western Conference Finals, but it shouldn't have happened like that. The lesson from this era of the Damian Lord basketball is that when you have a good thing, you have to continue building incrementally. You cannot commit to it all at once, and if you continue to run back basically the same thing, you're going to get stuck. And that's what happened in 2019. Yusuf Nurkic was going to be out for the year with a broken leg. Uh, they were coming up on the expiring contracts of Evan Turner, who was, you know, hadn't had not been very good, but had a nice little playoff run. Mo Harkless was expiring. Uh, uh, Myers Leonard was expiring, and all these guys that had been part of this era who weren't like special trade chips that were going to like get you the next thing. They pivoted off of they they. Um, they had chosen not to bring back Ed Davis the previous year. Uh, Alvaro Camino walked this summer because they chose not to re-sign him. They had tripled and quadrupled down on this thing so many times that they decided to go in another direction because they knew that this was a special year that they couldn't repeat, but they had waited too long. And so when they pivoted, the pivot was underwhelming. And I will say that trading for Hassan Whiteside, I'm not a Hassan Whiteside guy, but trading Mo Harkless and, and Myers Leonard for Hassan Whiteside this summer is totally fine. Way better probably to start Hassan Whiteside 70 games than it would have been to start Myers Leonard at 70 games at center. Um, but he wasn't good, and the roster didn't make the roster wasn't any good. And Ennis, they couldn't bring Ennis Cantor back. And Rodney Hood got hurt towards Achilles, and Zach Collins got hurt three games into the season. And an incredibly uh, thin front court that they had built that was just going to be Zach Collins and just going to be Rodney Hood, who's like probably a two, playing a bunch of backup power forward minutes and probably playing in the closing lineup as a four. That was that dream was done. It was done by December. And then, oh, also that summer, they signed Pau Gasol. <laughs> Thank you for that note. Thank you for that new note, uh, producer for a day, Brandon. And then they brought in Mello because they had to bring in Mello. And Mello was out of work and he was a fun part of it. But this is really the new era. This is really the new era. So let's talk about after that 2019 get into the mountaintop, this 2019 season that I've just laid out for you, it's what's it is the beginning of the downhill ascent and getting us to where we are here with Damian Lillard. The lesson from this middle era is when you have a hopeful group, you cannot keep doing the same thing again. 
Sisyphus does not work in the NBA, and it certainly doesn't work with decent teams. It might work with teams at the very top. Continuity has value. But teams in the middle, and the Blazers were in the middle very consistently, keep running the same thing again. We're okay, we're okay, we're okay. You know what that gets you? It gets you an okay team that eventually fizzles out, and that's what it did leading into this 2019-2020 season. Let's talk about the third era of Damian Lillard's career with the Blazers and what lessons we can learn from that one in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. Still talking about the year that Pau Gasol was on the Trail Blazers. A story 2019-20 season. So I kind of laid out how they got here, right? Whole new parts. Uh, Rodney Hood gets hurt. Zach Collins gets hurt. Uh, the world changes forever in March of 2020. Uh, outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, the novel coronavirus comes, it arrives, and it's and, and it changes everything forever. Um, f- for way worse, to be clear. And, and, and they go into the bubble, and the Blazers stunk this year because the roster just didn't make sense. As it turns out, playing Carmelo Anthony and Hassan Whiteside as your front line it leads to a terrible, terrible defensive front court. And you couple that with Damon CJ up front. And you're a mess. The lessons learned. The, the team that really made sense early in Damon Lord's career just never fully materialized again. And this was the beginning of the end. This is what I call the downward momentum era and what's producer for a day Brandon calls the dark ages. And it really was. It was the beginning of the dark ages. Um, you know, they had the really fun bubble run where Damian Lord was great and Carmelo Anthony was great and Gary Payton, or Gary Payton, and Gary Trent Jr. was great and CJ McCollum had a monster game in the play-in game to beat Memphis and then they got into the they got into the playoffs of the eighth seed and they got swatted by the eventual champion Lakers. Dame got hurt. He didn't even finish the playoff run and the Lakers, uh, as a one seed, did what one seeds do and they rolled over an eight seed. And this was really the beginning of the end. Um... They, they had, they knew that they weren't good, right? And they knew they were going to move in another direction, but um, they were going to get Nurk back and they were going to like, the core was still there. They, the lessons from that middle era, they still, you know, it, they still kept r- bumping into it again. And so you still got Damon, you still got CJ. Now you've got an ascending Anthony Simons and they end up, you know, flipping Gary Payton or God, Gary Payton again. Come on. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, for Norman Powell. Oops, all guards, the, the initial oops, all guards lineup. And the Blazers are good. They're not like, th- that's the thing about this. They're still pretty good. They're not one of the good teams that can win a title, but they're pretty decent. And they're placing, they're facing the Nuggets who have a Faku Campazzo and uh, Austin Rivers backcourt. That's their guards heading into the playoffs. And, and, uh, Nikola Jokic was on his way to ascending to being the great player that he is in, in, in the 2021 playoffs. But the Blazers, again, like a decent, a decent, but not awful team, right? A decent, but not awful team. They, they kind of dumped, um, some of the parts that didn't make sense. They, the team started to make, uh, you know, a little more sense, less Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony action. Um, but, um, but still mellow and still like, um, you know, still a team that was going to be bad on defense yet again. You bring back Ennis Cantor round two um, and they lose in the playoffs. 
they lose to a team that they're worse than in the playoffs. So in 2020, a, a, a roster bungling and a bunch of just bad injuries. Like the roster was really thin and then injuries got them, right? But they were still doing the same thing. 2021, the 2020-2021 season, which started in December of, of that year and it was like the shortened season, um, they were they were healthier. They were like the, They looked like they were going to be um, competitive, and they were competitive, but they weren't good. And when they lost to a team that was worse than them talent wise in the playoffs, just straight up worse than them. Jokic was great in the playoffs. This is kind of the beginning of his like true ascendance of being like this dude balls when the lights are on. Damian Lillard has 55 in a game that they lose. Near perfect offensive night from Dame. 55 points, 10 assists. was incredible. But Robert Covington missed a dunk. CJ McCollum steps out of bounds. And in the final minute of that game, they crumble. They crumble on the road. They come back to Portland. They get smacked. Series ends. What the heck? And that's when... After two, you know, from 2019, two years of kind of just it not being the thing, you know, and the bubble season you can kind of wipe out, but they weren't good. They were bad that year. They were legitimately just a bad basketball team. Um, very expensive team, but not a good team. Um, and then in 2021, they lose that game. And, and that's, that is when I think it crystallized for Dame that perhaps his future wasn't here. But it didn't happen in the bubble and it didn't happen in 2021. It happened because of that lesson from the middle era is that you can't keep doubling down. When you have something hopeful, you can't keep doubling down. 2021, he um, very openly considered asking for a trade. In fact, it's reported by Henry Abbott of True Hoop that the Damian Lillard's about to ask for a trade and Dame kind of fights back and forth online with him and then has a, has a press conference in which he says that that's not true, but I haven't decided what my future will be. At that point, Damian Lillard was under contract for three more years. Someone saying I haven't decided what my future will be when he's under contract for three more years sounds a lot like a trade request, y'all. It wasn't, maybe. It wasn't a formal trade request, but it did, it did sound like someone openly contemplating that. Later that summer, he meets with LeBron James and Anthony Davis at LeBron James' house. They famously have pink wine and Caesar salad, according to the reporting from Chris Haynes. And a detail I will never forget. They drink their pink wine. They have their Caesar salad. They're on LeBron James' rooftop somewhere in the west side of L.A. I don't, I don't know where he lives. <laughs> someone does. Uh, and Dame really considers it. Then that winter, Neil Olshay gets fired. Prior to that, the Blazers president on the business side walks away pretty quickly. There's clearly a whole bunch of bad stuff going on in the organization and everybody is getting out while they can or getting kicked out because of the bad stuff that's going on. Season goes awry. They've hired Chauncey Billups. That roster was pretty good, but there's just like pretty bad juju. Like that's a playoff roster. I'll maintain that. That 21-22 team is a playoff roster when the season starts. That's a good basketball team. Not a team that could have competed for a championship, but absolutely one of the eight best teams in the Western Conference. But they didn't play like it. They stunk and Dame was hurt. And that really submarined them because Chauncey Billups was still playing him 40 minutes a night and he was bad at basketball. Um, Dame gets... You know, Joe Cronin takes over, Dame gets surgery, and 
Uh, they super tank the end of the year and they draft Shaden Sharp. We didn't know it at the time, but we were w- watching the start of a rebuild. That's according to me. And also, I'm reading it right here on the beautiful Word doc provided me by Brandon, producer for a day. So beginning of the, is the, the end had already happened when they lost to Denver. That was the end of the era, as it pretty clearly seems, right? But get Chauncey Billups, you stink that year, you tank. Damian Lord signs a fat contract extension for adds two years. Well, the way it works is he opts into a player option that he had because you have to opt in and extend. He opts in, inks that 2023-2024 deal, says, yeah, I'll pick that up, $43 million, and adds on two years and $122 million, the full 35% max contract available to him because he's played 10 years, 10 years of service. So he goes ahead and gets the big old contract, And the Blazers come into this year with a totally incomplete roster from day one. Um, What what Joe Cronin acknowledged as redundancy, and he tried to sell to us as a evaluation year. But to me, it seems like a year where they weren't really committed to being good. They were kind of halfway in. And if you're halfway in, you are all the way out. All the way out. Blazers, again, tank super aggressively, tank the final 10 games of the season. They draft Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard a week later asks for a trade and we end up here. And the lesson from the third era of, of this Damian Lillard era of this Damian Lillard, you know, three eras here is like opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. You can't keep doubling down on mediocrity. And finally, the lesson is that all things end badly or they wouldn't end. It kind of really started in 2021 and here it finally crystallized because it took a little while and because of the incentive to sign a big contract that Dame had. And he was under contract for it until at least, um, you know, he would have been heading into uh, potential free agency the f- next summer if, if, if he wanted to get there. Like, it was, um, there was some benefit in the Blazers adding, signing him to a contract because otherwise he would have really had a lot of leverage because he would have been heading to, he would have been a chance to opt out, chance to just like, okay, I'm leaving if you don't, whatever. Uh, I'm leaving if you don't, I'm leaving regardless, so trade me where I want to go. There's some, there's like some legitimate leverage to the Blazers adding Dame to this giant contract. Um, it might not work in the end. <laughs> it might not work. But the lesson is really that if you, that it doesn't, things don't end, things only end badly. They only end badly. This, 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 the dark ages happen slowly. They didn't happen all at once. They happened in the bubble and they happened in the following year. And then they happened, you know, whatever this season was where they made decisions that Dame said, hey, do this and this and this. It doesn't happen all at once. But when it ends, it ends ugly. And so that's kind of the lesson that I think is important to impart to this next era. I don't know that Damian Lord's or Scoot Henderson's going to be Damian Lord. I don't know if Shaden Shade Sharp's going to be Damian Lord. I don't think every time it's going to be Damian Lord. Dame is like a 0.05% outcome of any NBA career. He's really one of the all-time greats. It's the sad part about um, the way his Blazer career is likely to end. 
because he should be appreciated in the way that it's sad the way Drexler's career ended because he should be appreciated. And I think people appreciate him, but he never really came back to like allow people to love on him. I think Dame will come back, but it might be sour for a little bit for some folks. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't expect the like disappear forever Clyde Drexler approach, but certainly when you ask out and when it, it might end up, you know, a messy exit, it doesn't leave it doesn't leave anybody feeling good about what happened. But the the thing to to take away as they move forward is that you you don't have a big opportunity. But I, I would say that middle era is more akin to where they are now. It's like build incrementally. Build incrementally. This year, they don't have to be good. But if they have a chance to get a little bit better, right? 5 to 11% better. Get 5 to 11% better. You can't swing all the way down and then swing back up. It's just not how it's going to work um, for them. They've spent two seasons pretty much in the trough, and they're probably likely to spend another season pretty close to the trough. If not, they're they're going to be one of the bad teams. I think that I'm pretty confident they'll have one of the six or seven worst records in the league this year just because they're super young. It's just kind of how it works. Um, but you got to build incrementally. You can't keep. You cannot keep doubling down on mediocre. And then when you do build something effective, right? If you are a 50-win team in a couple seasons in a row, right? If you win, you know, 51 games in a couple year, a couple straight years or 49 and 51, I believe it's back-to-back. It's like, that's that's when it's time to cash in. You can't wait. You cannot wait. Because if you do wait and you do double down, then you end up in this situation where it is a slow and inevitable crash because eras don't last forever. If the Blazers want Scoot Henderson to be on the team for the next nine years... He's going to be on the team for the next nine years. He's under contract for four. He'll enter restricted free agency. They can offer him a five-year deal. No one else can. They can match any deal he gets in, in um, on the open market. So at worst, we're talking eight seasons of Scoot. Talking the same deal with uh, uh, same deal with Shaden Sharp if they want him. He's, he could be under contract for you know another seven or eight years. They've got a window to be good. But the lessons from the Dame era about how small your how how small your window actually is and how you cannot mistake good fortune for proof of concept. And if you do, you can end up in a slow spiral that will just end poorly because you, it is so hard to pivot to the next thing after being stuck in the same thing for so long. Don't get stuck, build incrementally and know that your window is small. So take the risks. The Blazers never took the risks. And then by the time they took risks, it was too late. And the person taking the risks was taking risks to go young, not to get good. Those are the lessons from the Damian Lord era. I really hope that however this Dame run ends in Portland, that there is a time that we can all appreciate how special and how good he was. I will certainly try to do that here. For now, I hope that the Blazers can learn the, from the mistakes they made during the Dame era to make sure that the Scoot, Shaden, Amphrey, Simons next era of Blazers basketball is a really good one. Okay, come back for tomorrow's show. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. We're going to talk about the art of rebuilding. I got a couple uh, hosts from other Locked On shows whose teams have been through it and how you go from not very good to pretty darn good and, and and the sort of pitfalls that can get caught you can get caught in along the way you're not going to want to miss that one come back for that show tell your friends about the program I appreciate you listening I'll talk to you soon